Hello and welcome to the Property Investing Australia podcast, where we'll be covering the right way to invest in property without taking the unnecessary risks, how to manage your money, and how to build the right mindset so that you can achieve your financial and wealth building goals. I'm your host, Nero Dambi Pillay. Hi, it's Nero here from Investment Rise, and today I want to talk about not just what the federal liberal government uh, announced in their budget, but also what was revealed in the Labor Party's response to the federal budget, and most importantly, what that all means for property prices in Australia. Now, is the Australian property market important to the federal government? You better believe it is. I mean, check this out. Australian housing market surpasses $8 trillion valuation. CoreLogic today announced its estimate of the total value of residential real estate in Australia has reached $8.1 trillion. The surge in value follows the recent broad-based capital gains witnessed across the country, with many markets now at their peak. CoreLogic Head of Research Eliza Owen says the Australian dwelling market has reached fresh record highs in the past four months. But the end of April marked the first time the total value of Australian housing broke the $8 trillion mark. This puts Australian residential property at around four times the size of Australian GDP and around $1 trillion more than the combined value of the ASX, superannuation and commercial real estate stock combined, says Ms. Owen. CoreLogic data shows in the three months to April, national home values rose 6.8%, which is the highest quarterly dwelling growth rate since December 1988. So the Australian property market is very important to our federal government, not only because of its massive $8 trillion plus value, but also according to the ABS, when we consider construction and finance, those two industries combined contribute to about 17% of our national GDP, or about one-fifth of our GDP. And considering the economy, which Although, yes, it is recovering, it's still fragile in many places. The federal government's plan to grow the economy and help our country recover from the COVID-19 pandemic, at least economically, is very intricately tied to the health of the property market. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the rate of price growth in the three months to April is the fastest since December 1988. And the reasons behind that rapid rate of price growth has come down to, yes, record low interest rates, but also massive supply shortages. There just haven't been enough properties available for people who want to to buy them. But now we're starting to see more savvy investors jumping on board as well. And when you consider that prices are, are rising 
and it's never been easier to get positive cash flow on these properties that are growing in value, which means you're getting more income from the rent uh, than the property actually costs you. So that the tenant is actually paying you to live in your property and paying the mortgage off for you. It's no wonder so many smart investors are jumping in into the market. But when you consider that now you've got extra demand now, not just from owner occupiers, not just from first home buyers, but also from investors, and there's no increase in supply, well, what do you think that's going to, to do to property price growth? Right? It's certainly gonna sustain it for quite a while yet. Now, of course, there is one drawback to prices rising at the rate they have been, and that is affordability for many parts of the Australian population. So what is the federal government's answer to this? Well, they announced no new initiatives to increase supply. And they copped a lot of criticism for, for this, saying you know they'd missed an opportunity and all sorts of stuff like that. But the thing is, what can the federal government do to increase supply? They can't do anything, right? Increasing supply of housing is actually a state government and local council issue. They're the ones who can change zoning guidelines or open up new land releases, right? This is not something that can be done at a federal level, right? So there was a lot of sort of unfair criticism by so-called experts saying the federal government had missed an opportunity, but they, that's not part of their domain. They, they have no control over supply. So how did the federal government try to address affordability? Well, they announced three new schemes that would hopefully help about 30,000 new first home buyers get into their first home. All right, and without going into the detail of all these, these schemes, what they essentially allowed some first home buyers to do is to buy a, a property uh, with a much lower deposit than before these schemes were, were announced. But can you see this is now gonna create its own issue from an affordability perspective, right? Because think of it this way. Say we've got this $600,000 property and we had people who before the, the uh, government announced their budget, they couldn't afford that $600,000 property. But now, since the budget, they can afford this $600,000 property because they don't have to save as much to, to get in. Well, what, are the, what has the government just done? Well, it's increased the demand, right? Because now people who couldn't afford it previously now can. All right? And so when there's no increase in supply, when we've still got massive supply shortages and they have increased demand, what do you think that's gonna to do to property prices? Well, it's gonna force them to, to rise, okay? And so that's almost certainly why there are certain caps placed on these schemes uh, you know, in terms of how much uh, these first-term buyers can, can spend because if it was at much higher levels, well, it would only propel property prices to grow even more, all right? So the, the federal government, though, is certainly making it very, very clear that they are not announcing any schemes whatsoever, no new taxes, no nothing from a property perspective that's gonna affect the property market. The Australian government has made it very clear that the Australian property market is so massive and so important to our economy that they dare not announce any policies that could jeopardize the property market, that could potentially even cause prices to, to fall, they are happy to keep supporting the property market, keep supporting property prices to, to keep rising while still trying to address uh, affordability, right? They are in this catch-22. But it's not just a Liberal Party thing, all right? Consider what the Labor Party had to say. Labor leader Anthony Albanese promises 20,000 social housing properties in budget reply speech. 
tens of thousands of social and affordable housing properties would be built as part of a $10 billion housing future fund promised by the federal opposition. Labor leader Anthony Albanese used his budget reply speech to pledge a Housing Australia future fund to deliver 20,000 social housing properties in its first five years. Regardless of what you think about the Labor Party's policy, whether you're a Labor Party supporter or a Liberal Party supporter, the question to ask here is, will the Labor Party's proposed policy, if they're elected, bring down property prices? Now, in response to that question, I will answer that in a second, but what I want to say is that I mean no disrespect. This is not you know, social commentary. Uh, I'm not talking about you know, um, what the, uh, each political party should or should not do. I'm just talking about what their proposed policies mean for property prices. And with the Labor Party's proposed policy, what they're doing is they're addressing people who can't afford properties right now. Right? They, their policy will not actually have any impact on the property market right now. And the reason I say that is because the people who they're looking to help with these social housing policies, they're not the ones buying properties right now. They're not the ones driving properties higher. They're the ones who are being left be behind. Okay, It's similar to what happened when the JobKeeper was coming to an end. Since JobKeeper ended, the property market has been rocketing along as I said it would. And I said the reason for that is because the people on JobKeeper were not the ones who were buying properties. They were not the ones who were actually driving property prices up. And the same thing is true of the, the Labour Party's policy right now. So what's the takeaway here? The takeaway is this, regardless of who's in power, whether it's Labour Party, whether it's Liberal Party, the Australian property market is so big and contributes so much to our GDP, as I said at the, at the start, that neither party is willing to let the Australian property market fall. The strength of our Australian property market is essentially guaranteed. And for the foreseeable future, property prices are here to stay. Yes, the, the rates of growth may vary, but I still expect that you're going to see property prices continue to rise for some time yet. And the only question you need to ask yourself is, are you going to get in and enjoy the capital growth and even get your tenant to pay for your mortgage while your property is rising in value by buying investment properties in the right areas? Or are you going to wait, stand back and potentially miss out on that all of that capital growth? The choice is yours. Hey, it's Nero here again and thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable and you think you might like my help to find an investment property, then head on over to nerocall.com. That's Nero, N-I-R-O, call, C-A-L-L.com. Head over to nerocall.com to discover our unique five-step process that's now helped our private client group purchase well over $66.8 million worth of property. And then if you like what you see, you can book in for a property consult with me personally. Either way, thanks again for listening.